Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin'. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. Today it is the GHSA Girls Sweet 16 preview. We're right back at it in the studio. This is going to be quicker than the last four-hour podcast, I promise. I'm sure I'll ramble on like I am right now, but I'm going to try and get in and get out. I successfully survived my trip down to Savannah and Tattnall County, a very long drive. Just got home not too long ago, and it's time to jump into all the action that took place over the first round of the state tournament. Uh, before we get into that, uh, housekeeping as far as how we did on our picks, 111 out of 128 games were correctly predicted, so 86.7% of the predictions have uh, come to fruition in that first round um, and I'll, I'll try to if I remember let you know how I did in each classification and of course we will start in class 7a where I did go um, not as well as others one of my worst classifications 12 out of 16 but we will start with the top left hand side we see a matchup of Hillgrove versus Cherokee Cherokee Took down Duluth 57-41, Hillgrove 65-33 over Camden County. Uh, I'm going to go with Cherokee in this one. Uh, A very strong team that has been playing good basketball and has really kind of uh, turned the corner. They played some tough teams early on in the season, had a couple close losses here and there, um, but they're playing very well. I know Hillgrove is going to be able uh, to try and get Lauren Render, a very good athlete that I believe plays lacrosse as well. I'm going to have to try and get her some open looks, but Cherokee, I just think they're too deep and too well coached. I like Cherokee to advance on to the Elite Eight, where they will see the winner of West Forsyth or Campbell. West Forsyth 59-30 over Mountain View. Campbell a 44-24 winner over Parkview. Um... I guess I'm going to continue on with my original pick. I'm going to try not to flip-flop too much. I know I will in certain occasions, but Campbell was my original pick to start off. I'm going to go with that just because they do have so much depth with all those guards, and they are going to be applying pressure to Kayla Cowart and Molly Quincy and um, Callie Thrower, uh, how they can respond to a a full-court pressure game like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if West Forsyth did the same thing and pressed Campbell back. So this could be a really fast-paced game going back and forth, back and forth. But I do look for Layla Battle and uh, Nia Bozeman and uh, Sarah Taub to uh, make enough plays down the stretch. And this game is going to be at Campbell. But again, uh, once you get to this level, and it's only the Sweet 16, but a lot of these matchups are going to be some coin flip games. I think Kayla Coward is the best player on the floor, but I just think that Campbell, uh, death by a million paper cuts, they have more options that can hit you for 8 to 12 points. You know, here, 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 whereas West Forsyth, it's really most of the time a three-man crew. I know Catherine Bottoms has come on strong down the stretch, but I just think Campbell, uh, more options that you have to slow down. I think Campbell's going to be able to eke out a very close one. Bottom left-hand side, we see Tiff County, who took overtime to get past North Paulding, 46-41. Now they run into Norcross, who only beat Roswell, 54-45. Um, I'm going to go with Norcross in this one. Again, I originally picked them. Norcross, um, just with Zaria Hurston and Janiah Aikens and all these girls, Danasia Morton. Uh, this is a team that's been very, very battle-tested throughout the season. 
uh, playing the likes of Mount Perrin and Grayson and Archer and Tiff County. They just have not necessarily seen that, that type of talent. I know they came up um, for one event, and I believe they got beat by Cherokee, and uh, they hung around or respectfully uh, lost to a Holy Innocence uh, all things considered, they did not get blown out. So that was a pretty good showing in my book. Um, but I just think all in all, in general, um, this Norcross team has seen better competition all throughout the year. And I think they're going to be able to get the job done and move on to the next round. Next up, we have a upset in my book, Peachtree Ridge taking down South Forsyth 49-41. Very surprising and a very disappointing early exit for a South Forsyth team that uh, at, at least had them making it to the Sweet 16, uh, but they could not get the job done. And now we see Peachtree Ridge versus Brook or versus Brookwood. Yes, Brookwood, who had a close game, 59-52 against East Coweta. They were able to pull away late and advance on. And I think again in this one, Brookwood. Um, Diana Collins is going to be way too good at the guard spot. I just don't think there's going to be enough for Petrie Ridge um, just at the guard position to try and slow her down. And then Nakia Williams as well is going to be getting downhill and slashing and drawing fouls. Um, Aaliyah Hunt's going to have to have a really big game inside for Petrie Ridge, which is possible. But I just think Brookwood, the perimeter weapons, and again, a team that has seen a lot of great competition throughout the year and has beaten a lot of really good teams. I think they're going to be too strong, and I like Brookwood to advance on to the Elite Eight. Top right-hand side, this is where the money is going to be made. Grayson, 45-35 over McEachin versus North Forsyth, 56-27 winners over North Gwinnett. Said in the preview podcast of the first round, this could be your state title match. Uh, North Forsyth, number one in the state. I believe uh, Grayson is ranked number three in the state. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but again, throw that all out the window. We're already into the second round. Rankings mean nothing, but this is a game I want to try and get to. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get out there, but I'm very interested to see how this one plays out. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is back for Grayson and had a nice game uh, to get past McEachern. Uh, North Forsyth, they have all those options. They're going to spread the floor. A lot of shooters. A lot of pieces. Maddie Erickson inside is a very good rim protector and rebounder. Um, and again, the bugaboo they always say, how do they match up with these teams that come from Gwinnett and come from Cobb that are very talented and very talented as individuals and are a, a step quicker here and there. But North Forsyth has been my pick and was my pick at the beginning of the podcast to make it to the state championship and win the state title. Um, they're going to have to be prepared. I know Tim Slater is going to bring out all the stops, uh, really going to try and exploit what they can do off the dribble, I'm sure. Um, you know, the thing for them is teaching these girls how to uh, try and get out and guard the three-point line because North Forsyth is going to take a lot of threes and they get open looks and they have to be sure not to dig too far down and get back out to shooters. And, uh, you know, you can't really help off too far against a team like North Forsyth. And I, you know, this senior class of North Forsyth, they've been building towards this for years, coming close, uh, you know, final four appearances here and there, elite eight last year, if I'm not mistaken. So this has been a really good team. And can they finally get over the hump? Now, again, as I mentioned, Grayson has a more, you know, individual talent, but it is younger. It's uh, Tatum Brown, who's uh, a freshman point guard. It is Aaron Rodgers, a six foot sophomore. Um, 
but North Forsyth with that veteran group, I think again, I, I just I don't I don't understand or can't foresee this game not being a very close competitive game. Um, North Forsyth, I know they're going to pack that gym out, uh, and Grayson's going to be uh, in a hostile environment. And um, again, this is I feel like you could say it's a coin flip game, but I'm gonna stick with my original pick of North Forsyth. But I know it's it's. Very challenging to pick against Tim Slater in the postseason just based on what his postseason overall record is and the success he has had when he has had a comparable level of talent on the floor compared to favorites in the state. Uh, Oftentimes he does perform quite well, especially with that Lanier team that did beat a Forest Park and did beat a Lovejoy in the championship game. But I'm going to try and throw it out the window, and I'm going to stick with my original pick of North Forsyth to win in a classic state championship-worthy matchup. Next up, we have Woodstock versus Harrison. Woodstock, a 67-20 winner over Discovery. Saw on Twitter, Woodstock was still had all their starters in deep in the game with a 40-point lead. That's a no-no if that's possible, if that really did happen. Uh, not not wise, not wise. Injuries can occur, but that's all I saw on Twitter. You know, Twitter never necessarily tells the full story of things, but very interesting to see that tweeted out that Woodstock was really leaving their starters in in a huge lead late in the game and really trying to pour it on to Discovery. Very interesting. Now they see Harrison, 63-34 winner over Colquitt County. Uh, Harrison is a pick I had going into this game. Now I just worry about do they have – the, the the defensive prowess individually to slow down Bridget Utberg because it's it's her last Hiragu in the Central Michigan, the best senior point guard in the state of Georgia. Who is going to be able to stop her dynamic ball handler and creative player off the dribble? Um, Alicia Foster might draw that assignment. Bailey Vick possibly. Uh, there's a couple of players uh, that they can throw out there to try and slow it down, but um, individually, one-on-one, I don't know if there's anyone that can uh, really control uh, Bridget Utberg. You just got to kind of contain her. And another piece I'm very worried about is Casey Miller inside. Uh, that is an area of potential weakness for Harrison is offensive rebounding. I saw Newton take it to him on the offensive glass. And even East Coweta can get very aggressive when I saw that game. Uh, they crashed in for some boards. And Casey Miller at about 6'1", a junior. Um, she's averaging double-digit rebounds. She's a double-double um, producer all throughout the year, what can Harrison do to make sure that she doesn't really come to life and have a 15-15 and 15 game and hurt them? I know Amy Johnson does a really good job rebounding. Anna Jernette, the uh, region player of the year over there at Harrison, helps out on the glass, but that is a big body, and that is something that Harrison does not have major impactful size inside. But with that being said, I still do think Harrison will get the job done, will space the floor enough, and will hit enough threes to take down Woodstock. And on the bottom right-hand side, we have Pebblebrook, a 68-33 winner over Newton. And then Collins Hill upsets, I guess, I, I consider it an upset when you come into the state tournament with only eight wins, 42-40 over Denmark. But they are the one seed. Um, again, I picked Pebblebrook to make it to the Elite Eight. I thought they were going to play Denmark. That changes. They play Collins Hill now. Nonetheless, I think Pebblebrook wins this game and moves on to the next round. And on the bottom right-hand side, Archer uh, had a very nice, comfortable lead 
in the first half. And then Etowah, um, you know, resilient team, cut into it and made it a respectable score. 64-48, Archer takes down the Eagles. And then on the, uh, the very bottom of the bracket, who Archer will be playing is Lowndes, who did beat Marietta 65-55, a one over a four. And Archer has the... Um, unenviable task of taking that long trip down to Lowndes County where it will be a difficult environment. I think Archer, um, if their mindset is correct, again, this team can come and go at times, but if their mindset is correct and they are focused on the task at hand, they should win this game. Easier said than done this time of year. I know Lowndes is going to ride that environment and they do have some size inside that can protect the rim. Um, but I do like Archer to find a way. I think Tanaya McGowan has to have a big game here as a, a physical 5'10", 5'11", wing that you know rebounds and scores at multiple levels. And again, Courtney Nesbitt, a player I really, um, really like this season, all season long, just with her uh, ability on both ends of the floor to really impact games. And then Mimi Whitehead as a freshman, uh, just her spastic energy of rebounding, defending, doing this, doing that. Um, just falling all over the floor. I think Archer, if they come in as the aggressors, uh, I think Archer wins this game, and I am going with Archer. Next up, we move on to Class 6A, where I was 16 for 16, a perfect undefeated first round in Class 6A. But now it gets incredibly difficult as the matchups get Way, way harder to predict. Top left-hand side, we have Rockdale, a 58-56 overtime winner over Valdosta. Now they play Carrollton, who only won 44-30 against Creekview. Gives me great pause about Carrollton now. Um, Creekview, the ability for them to play Carrollton that close, you have to give Coach Donville much credit um, but very interesting that Carrollton could not exploit their their superior guards in a matchup like that. Very interesting. I would like to see the game footage on that one. Very, very interesting. Um, I have Carrollton winning this game. Uh, Daniel Carnegie, the region player of the year in region three, is fantastic and one of the best sophomores in the state and probably the entire southeast. Um, but I just think Carrollton, they just have much more around their star players with Kanijah Daniel, Igosa Abasoy, Akende Abasoy, uh, Jasmine Jones, all these girls, you know, they can have four or five girls on the floor at one time that can hit you up for 15 or more points. And that's not necessarily uh, the case. I believe it's Leah Edwards uh, has had a very good season alongside Carnegie. Um, but I just don't think Rockdale has as many uh, offensive options as Carrollton does, and for that reason, I do think Carrollton will advance. But uh, if Carrollton does put the press on, I think Daniel Carnegie is going to be able to beat it multiple times, and that could lead to some open looks down the floor. But I do think Carrollton advances. Next up, we have Buford, who we talked about with uh, the walking wounded with Noeva Grace Watson. Sounds like Tamori Planton. Um, has been out recently as well. Um, they won 57-49 over Osborne, and now they see Brunswick traveling to Brunswick, a 70-33 winner over Lakeside DeKalb. Now, if Brunswick is anywhere near as good as their 26-1 record suggests, 
Brunswick should win this game just for the simple fact that Buford is just, um, you know, they just don't have enough bullets in the chamber right now. Um, but what does give Buford a, a very good chance in this game is that press. Can Brunswick's guards um, be able to beat that press? Can they control uh, the tempo and handle uh, a press that they haven't seen, a press that is, you know, oftentimes run to a T. Not many uh, execute their full court pressure defense as well as Buford does. And Coach Durden gets the most out of his girls. So they are going to challenge Brunswick with that. But if Brunswick can handle uh, anytime Buford presses them and can punch it inside to Sinead Jackson and let Flanders and the rest of that crew use their, their quickness and just their home court advantage. Brunswick should win this game, I would imagine. Um, but like I said, Buford's going to have a chance, and it's very difficult to beat Buford in the state tournament and not often do they lose early on in the state tournament. But I'm going to stick with Brunswick. And again, I'm saying that Buford not at full strength. Taylor Romano and company, Betty Wynn, they're going to have to knock down some shots. Tatum Osmond's going to have to play very, very strong. Um, but I'm going to go with Brunswick, and I'm very interested to see what the final score looks like. Bottom left-hand side, Lee County got past Lakeside Evans 68-31. Now they play River Ridge, a 60-31 river, or winner over Dalton. River Ridge um, should win this game. They're at home. Lee County could present some problems. Uh, with their jitterbug quickness in the backcourt, um, that could be something um, that could, uh, you know, it might take them a second to get used to uh, dealing with that. Uh, but Matea Gale and Sophia Pearl, just the list goes on and on and on. There's just so much um, to choose from. Um, but Kennedy Sneed, she's a fearless little point guard at Lee County, averaging over 11 points per game. I've seen her in person a few times, plays extremely hard. Um, but I just think River Ridge, especially on the glass when they got Allie Sweet rebounding and Sophia Reyes, they're just going to be too big. And then Kayla Cleveland's going to hurt them as well. So like River Ridge, just to, at the end of the day, overpower a scrappy Lee County team. And now the last matchup on that bottom left-hand side, we have Sprayberry, a 73-43 winner over Habersham Central versus Lovejoy, 80-32 over Glen Academy. I'm sticking with Lovejoy here. Uh, Habersham did not have the athleticism or quickness to stay in front of a, a star individual player like Flauge Johnson, and that obviously showed. And now Sprayberry has to run up against a team that is uh, that good, very skilled, and very athletic, and can match you, and has length, and has guard play. Lovejoy, uh, many, 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 many more options than what Sprayberry has to offer. And I think Lovejoy and Coach King is going to have a very good defensive game plan, and they're going to try and make other people than Flauge Johnson beat them and be able to really play this game how they want to play it. And I think Lovejoy wins this one and advances on to the Elite Eight. The top right-hand side, we saw Langston Hughes pull out a 59-53 win over Statesboro, and we saw Kale uh, dispatch of Winder Barrow 62-36. Um, these two teams hooked up earlier in the season. Uh, Kell won that one in a very close matchup. Uh, that score was 58-53. That was a very good game, very nip and tuck throughout. Um, I'm going to go with Kale here at my original pick. 
But uh, Raven Thompson is a handful, and her her physicality and her strength around the rim and just her overall skill set and that unique combo forward position uh, is very important to Mia Stargell. Uh, at the guard spot, but I think Crystal Henderson, just with their shooting, and Jada Peterson as well, so quick in the backcourt, and then Amaya Moss grabbing rebounds and scoring, and Jada Green. Uh, Again, I think this game is going to be, or should be at least, another very good, close matchup like it was in their first meeting, but the game is at Cal, and Cal has been here, done that before. They've played for a state title already. They've seen Westlake in the state tournament, and now year three with this junior class. What's next? I do not think it is a Sweet 16 exit, so I think the Longhorns advance. Then we have Rome, a 60-59 to winner over Cambridge. Very much so struggled to get separation and had to play very well to get past a Jordan Dudley-led Cambridge team. Uh, a little bit surprising with how close that score was. And now they play Grovetown, a 58-37 winner over Northside Warner Robins. I think Grovetown is going to win this game. I really like Demaya Griffin. I think she's one of the better unsigned players in the state of Georgia. And then Keanu Curtis inside. Uh, with that size and length and her ability to also step outside and stretch the floor, that is going to cause some problems for Rome to guard. But Brianna Griffin is a very good slasher as a sophomore. Pinky Nation, Nene Adams, senior veteran leadership right there. Uh, Rome can shoot the three ball. If they get hot, they can uh, they can really give Grovetown some problems. But I think Grovetown, I think they're a pretty sound defensive team in between Griffin and um also, Curtis and even Burke, Cecilia Burke, I believe her name is, so her into the mix as well. I do like this Grovetown team, and I do think Coach Dukes does a really good job over there, and I do think Grovetown does make it to the Elite Eight. On that bottom right-hand side, Westlake nearly took down Bradwell Institute 72-64, to a little scary game for Bradwell Institute. They're going to have to play much better. And then Decula, they're going to have to play much better. One on, what was it, like a, a last-second putback, 47-46 over Pope. Um, again, very uh, close game there. Uh, Pope giving them all sorts of trouble uh, just with how well Coach Blythe coaches that team up. Um, Bradwell is going to be able to be uh, a much different look than Pope. Bradwell is tons of athletes, and they're going to go, 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 and Tania Bowman can really score the ball. And the the matchup inside, Lazaria Spearman, not often does she see someone her size and nearly as athletic as her as Bailey Gilmore. So this is a game for D1 coaches if they have the opportunity that's a game. That's a measuring stick game to see where Bailey Gilmore is. Um, just at the fact that they have someone like that that could give Spearman or, I don't know, give her trouble, but to maybe force her outside on the perimeter a little more than what she should be doing. Uh, I think Bradwell is uh, going to win this game. And I like that backcourt with Bowman there with that speed. But they are traveling up to Gwinnett County. It could be uh, could be tough. It's going to be a super long drive. But I do think Bradwell has proven over the course of the season, to be the better team than Decula. And lastly, we have Sequoia, a 40, what is that, 56-35 winner over East Paulding, pulled away after East Paulding tried to, you know, keep it close for a while, but Sequoia's superior uh, talent won out. I think Ellie Blatchford, 27 points in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they will play Houston County, a 50-33 to winner over Heritage Conyers. Sequoia has to go 
to Houston County in middle Georgia. But I do think Sequoia is prepared. I think it's going to be uh, a pretty good game. Houston County is a, a solid team, but I don't know if they've seen the level of guard play of a Ellie Blatchford and a Susanna Rogers that not only can score the ball uh, very well, but they're just so good at seeing the floor and passing and getting others involved. And then Aaron Jackson, who's um, closing in on a thousand points for her career, um, you know, just her energy and her rebounding and her toughness is going to play a big role in this one. I think Houston County definitely has an opportunity to win this game, but I just trust what Sequoia has done over the course of the season. They've seen better teams throughout the year, and this is a team that is really, um, you know, built for a run. They're all seniors for the most part, at least, uh, well, a solid chunk of them. I'm not going to say they're all seniors, but there are some key seniors in Jackson and Rogers. Uh, obviously, Blatchford is a junior um, but I do think Sequoia advances on and makes it to the Elite Eight. Now down to Class 5A, 12 out of 16 games predicted correctly. Again, one of my low water marks. Top left-hand side of the bracket, Forest Park, a 55-20 winner over Wayne County. Then South was the cab, 33-21 over Blessed Trinity, a game that was 2-2. Uh, very late in the first quarter, it was like five to four. It was ten to eight at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Very low, slow scoring game, but Southwest Cab pulled it out. Um, Southwest Cab is not going to be able to do that against Forest Park. I think Forest Park is the better team here. I think what um, Coach Walton has been able to do at Southwest Cab this year is very impressive all things considered, with a, uh, a fairly young group, really. Um, and the fact that they won, won that region and are in a position uh, with over 20 wins on the year now, uh, a, very, a very good job. But they are not ready to compete at this level. And Forest Park isn't as good as they were last year, but they're still a very good team. And I think Forest Park's just going to be too long, too skilled, and they're just going to be able to in the end, uh, overwhelm Southwest Cab and pull away, and I, I could see them winning this game by double digits. Next up, Loganville, a 62-58 winner over Villa Rica versus Griffin, who won 46-31 over Jones County. Griffin uh, eliminated Loganville last year by two points uh, in the, I want to say the Elite Eight, if I'm not mistaken, uh, well, I mean, we know what Griffin does. Their offense is offensive rebound and free throws. Uh, Leah Turner is a, a, a quality three-point shooter. You cover her. If you can somehow take her away, it really limits what they do. Um, Griffin likes to get the ball to Zai Thompson, the region player of the year. Uh, if she catches it at the high post, she likes to catch and then turn and dive her way to the basket, get to her right hand. Um, and then after that, it's just playing volleyball on the glass between her and Nadia Byard uh, and even uh, Aaliyah Duranham, who is a, a strong presence that really gets off the floor very well, the lefty. Uh, but again, the vast, vast, vast majority of Griffin's points come in the paint, uh, and they don't have too many floor spacers. And that's how they win a lot of games is just being longer and more athletic than other teams and they do have very good defense and for those reasons exactly long and athletic they can force you out and make you start your offense farther away than you want to because when they 
when they ex- ex- extend those arms, I mean, they have such a great wingspan, and they can really make things difficult. Uh, Loganville, they're going to have length, and they're going to have the tallest player on the floor in Amaya Lewis, uh, the six foot three, six foot four sophomore who's had a breakout season. Um, she's going to have to be huge in this game. She's going to have to bring down 15 rebounds just for the simple fact, not necessarily even getting second chance points on their own, but for what I said before, they have to limit Griffin's second chance points. If they can make Griffin a one-and-done team or a two-and-done team, something that teams have not been able to do all year, Loganville will have uh, uh, an opportunity to try and uh, steal this game. And then Sydney Bolden, she's going to have to play out of her mind like she did in that region championship against Greenbrier. She has that takeover uh, mentality. And I think her play at the guard position, she's going to really have to get into the lane, get some uh, maybe Griffin's bigs in foul trouble, but more importantly, uh, drive and dish, and her teammates are going to have to knock down outside shots. I think Griffin wins this game, but I think Loganville and Coach Zorn, they obviously uh, are going to be prepared. They know the recipe for success. They know how to do it. Do they have the player personnel to get the job done? It will be tough. Um, but I think they will have the blueprint on how to beat Griffin, but I think Griffin advances. Bottom left-hand side, we see Ware County, a 45-34 winner over Jonesboro. They will play Hiram, 74-48 over Stone Mountain. I think Hiram is playing their best basketball of the season right now. I think Hiram is going to beat Ware County. Hiram has seen better teams throughout the year. Ariel Owens, the Barton commit, I guess she might be a signee by now. Um, she's going to cause some issues. And then all that, that guard play, Taylor Crawford, um, Cameron O'Neill, so on and so forth, Kalisha Phillips. Uh, the, 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 the roster is fairly deep with um, their attacking style of play, so I do like Hiram um, to win this game and move on to the Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand side, we saw New Manchester uh, take down I uh, much improved Walnut Grove team, and Walnut Grove definitely did give them a game. 48-39 winner, New Manchester. And now they play Northside Columbus, the four seed, a super dangerous four seed. They beat Union Grove, my final four pick, 53-42. And I said, well, if Northside Columbus was at full strength, I would probably lean towards picking them. Well, I was told that it sounds like um, Durant has returned to the team. If this is true, if this is accurate, Obviously, that changes things, and that probably plays a huge factor as to why and as to how this Northside Columbus team won. Obviously, they already have Michaela Hosley inside, who is a stud freshman who is going to be a high major player, most likely. And if you add your guard back in, that really is the one that stirs a drink. Um, this team is very skilled and very talented, and if they're if they're back at full strength, Again, like I said, it sounds like they are. If that is an accurate assessment of what happened, um, they are going to be very tough to beat. And I would think that they beat uh, New Manchester because um, my, my Union Grove pick is, of course, out already. But uh, if, uh, if they have their, 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 their top all-region player, if she is indeed back, um, that means this north side team is back to being the real deal. Um, very talented, and like I said, they have a lot of pieces and they can get the job done. Uh, so if Ayana Durand is back, again, 
I'll say if she is back and what I was DM'd was that she is and she was, if that is correct, if I have bad information, I do apologize. But if she is back, I think Northside is going to win this game and move on to the Elite Eight. Up on the top right-hand side of the bracket, Harris County, one of the games I got wrong. Uh, Coach Ramsey does a good job of taking down a hot Eagles landing team, 54-38. And now they see Maynard Jackson, 55-22 winner over Jackson County. Um, Going with Maynard Jackson this one, I think Zay Dyer is going to cause some issues just with her her level of skill and her size and how she can just do pretty much everything on the floor. Uh, And then Cornish at the guard position is really tough. Uh, Harris County will have an opportunity to kind of muck it up and play really good defense and trying to get Brooke Bass some open looks to the lane. If she can score downhill and avoid Dyer as a shot blocker, they can have a chance. And I think Journey Carter Ransom is going to have to play a really big role, um, not on offense uh, as usual, but definitely on defense, uh, trying to keep Dyer away from the rim. Uh, I think Harris County does have a puncher's chance in this one, but I'm going with Maynard Jackson. Uh, Again, Maynard Jackson just been the stronger team throughout the season, and they have him at home. Uh, But I do think Harris County uh, might have a little bit of an advantage on the X and O side, but I do think Maynard Jackson might just be too talented. Next up, we have Calhoun, a 56-37 winner over Decatur versus Woodward Academy, 77-35 over Coffee. Calhoun is just not going to have enough to compete with Sidney Bowles and Sarah Lewis and continue to list them. It goes on and on and on and on. Uh, Woodward Academy will run away with this game by double digits, and they will move on to the Elite Eight. Bottom right-hand side, Stockbridge, another game I got wrong, 44-42 over McIntosh. McIntosh season ends in heartbreak. Too much Janiah Jones, too much uh, Carrington Wilson, that two uh, dynamic duo right there. Very, very strong. And now they see Greenbrier, who beat Lithia Springs 51-35. This will be, um, I think this could be a close game. Stockbridge, again, with the the quickness and the length and the long, big athletic guards, as I just mentioned. Uh, Greenbrier, they don't have big guards. Trinity Barrow's about 5'3", 5'4". Brooklyn Begley, maybe about 5'7", 5'8", as a shooter. Uh, I saw them to open up the season, struggle very much so against the press and the pressure of West Forsyth. Uh, I think they've righted the ship since then, but I think Stockbridge is going to provide them with a a different look they haven't really seen a lot of. Um, maybe possibly uh, the, the the most similar team that they have played, um, similar to what Stockbridge has as far as the length at the guard position and their overall aggressiveness, could be Josie. Uh, who they played earlier in the season, and that was a game that they lost 49-47. to So I think this game could really be up in the air. I'm going to stick with my pick of Greenbrier. Um, but this Stockbridge team is young and extremely talented. Uh, they could win this one, but it is on the road. Greenbrier over there in that CSRA that could play a factor. I'm going to stick with Greenbrier. I think uh, Caitlin Staley could be the difference maker in this one inside, uh, protecting the rim, rebounding, and then, of course, scoring down low. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Wolfpack to make it to the Elite Eight. Bottom right-hand side now, a game that I wanted to pick St. Pius, but I didn't pull the trigger on it. They get the job done, 55-52 over Cass. Cass 
um, struggles in the uh, the big game scenarios. Uh, it pops up again. St. Pius uh, gets the job done with a very very strong win. Um, you know, again at a, a hard place to win at at Cass. It was a good crowd there. From everything I was told, um, they can really uh, get after it. Um, but a good job. Um, Alexa Kenna with 17 points, Kelly Stevenson with 12, Shiva with 11, Peyton O'Brien had nine points. A very good job by this um, this St. Pius team of slowing down Claire Davis, held her to nine points. Um, very impressive defensive effort. And we said in the podcast, uh, this St. Pius team, very long. I didn't know if they could handle uh, the pressure, the press of Cass if they turned to it. Um, but that that length makes this St. Pius team a scary team just because they are pretty good on defense, uh, very long. Uh, now they will see Warner Robins, a 77-44 winner over Tri-Cities. Uh, I'm going with Warner Robins in this one. I just think the aggressiveness of Warner Robins, the Jada Morgan, who's about 5'8", has been a, a region player of the year multiple times. Uh, her toughness and how she crashes the offensive glass, she is going to make it a uh, a rock fight and a you know a pit bull mentality with these South uh, St. Pius girls and we have to see a St. Pius going to be able to respond to that going to Warner Robins in another difficult environment uh, where you're going to see girls that are going to bring the fight to you and really challenge your womanhood and go at you can they respond with that St. Pius again they're going to have more size with the length um, but can they slow down Tasia Agee with her outside shooting? Uh, Navia Mack with their playmaking off the dribble, and they have some size as far as physicality inside with that shot putter that rebounds the ball very well. Uh, I think this could be a good game, but I think Jada Morgan, uh, that could be the difference maker. But I know Coach Snipes going to have them very, very prepared, but I just, um, I'm interested to see how they handle the physicality of Warner Robins, and I'm going with the Demons to pull it off and advance to the Elite Eight. In class 4A, 13 out of the 16 first-round games were correctly predicted. We start on the top left-hand side. A game that I was at. Region 1, number 3 seed, Thomas County Central wins 54-49 over Region 3, number 2, Islands. As I mentioned at the top of this podcast, I took a South Georgia swing to see Tattnall County doubleheader. And before that, Islands host Thomas County Central and the state of basketball in South Georgia on the girls' side. Uh, it was very telling. I will leave it at that. It was very telling, and it, it may affect uh, how I pick these games moving forward. Very, very telling. Um, but this was a game that um, kind of back and forth. Uh, Islands, of course, Veronica Serzant had 19 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 blocks. Thomas County Central. Uh, won it late after Islands kind of went ahead and fumbled it away against the pressure of my assignment. Uh, eight points in that fourth quarter, 6-6 six, six from the foul line. Had 16 points, but Alaria Ponder was the, um, she seemed like the most skilled player to me out there on that team. 18 points, four assists, three steals, hit a couple threes, um, but only about five foot three or so. And that's what really stood out to me. This Thomas County Central team is very, 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 very tiny Talking most of them about five foot four, not a lot of athleticism out there. As far as um, you know, jumping out of the gym, I think Simon looks like a quality athlete. 
Uh, and they had um, one more player. If I can pull it up real quick, I want to give her credit. She looks like she could be a projectable player uh, that could play a big role. And her name is uh, Shamaria Wright, a five foot nine junior. I, I kind of like what I saw out of her. She could snatch rebounds and uh, could play a, a bit of an important role. Um, but they're going to play Luella in the next round, who won ninety to twenty five against Central Carrollton. Uh, I see Luella probably winning this game by thirty or forty points. Uh, I was, um, I was. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I just know Luella is going to win this game, and they're going to win it by a lot. Uh, Ari Dyson inside is too big. Davlaku is too talented on the perimeter. Just Luella has way too many weapons, and I just don't foresee a way that Thomas County Central plays this game within um, 20 points. But on the flip side, I will say uh, Region 5, I didn't think it was that great outside of Luella, and uh, Region 5 got swept outside of Luella. So it's a good thing Luella has seen very good competition in the non-region schedule because their region was pretty bad this year, and that was proven in this first round. But nonetheless, uh, if Luella does what they're supposed to do as far as what their talent is and what they've been able to do against the top three teams in Class A private when they played them um, respectably, and those were the only three losses of the season, then, of course, they beat Baldwin, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, Luella, like I said, they should win this game by 20 to 30 points. Next up, Chestity, a 45-41 winner over Arabia Mountain. They play Carver Columbus, 81-25 over Perry. I stuck my neck out there possibly surprised people when I said Chesty was and is a better team than Arabia Mountain. And that was signed, sealed, and delivered over there in Gainesville, Georgia with a close win. Um really shut down Malia Jones and uh, held her under wraps. Sierra Burns had a very good game, though. Um, but Chesty got the job done, and that was after Addison Boyd went down with an injury. She needs to be healthy for Chesty to have a chance against Carver Columbus, who is going to press the entire game and go five in and five out and use her just overall quickness and aggressiveness. Um, very difficult matchup for Chesty. I think Riley Black's going to have to have uh, an unbelievable game. I think this is a game where you could see Chesty will potentially have an opportunity to take five, six charges in this game. Um, but if Carver is knocking down some outside shots and they're also forcing turnovers, it could be a long day for the War Eagles far, far away from home. If Chesty was or is at completely full strength, uh, I think they could hang around in this this game and uh, make it somewhat interesting, especially for the first quarter. Um, but I think that is what is going to dictate this game. The first three minutes of the first quarter, maybe the first three minutes of the second half. Uh, they can't come out and be shell-shocked right away. I know Carver Columbus is a intimidating and imposing opponent, especially with that style of play. Um, but if they can somehow weather the storm and give themselves a chance in the second, chance, in the second half, uh, crazier things have happened. Uh, but I just can't foresee a way that Carver uh, doesn't get this win. And this is a legitimate top 10 team that they are playing in Chesty. Chesty, again, um, you know, ha- coming into the state tournament, ranked number six. That is about, you know, stamped 
in uh, legitimacy as a middle of the top 10 team, more so than some other teams that I have seen in the top 10 that have come and gone by the wayside. But Carver Columbus, I think they're just going to be a little too strong, and I think they're going to wear on this Chesty team and play physical and win this game. Bottom left-hand side, Bainbridge 73-25 over a two-win Jenkins team. And Northwest Whitfield, the team I said, I think that could be this year's pickings as far as making it to the Elite Eight. They blow out a bad Mount Zion team, 60-18. to And again, judging based on what I saw out of Region 1, I don't know. I thought Region 1 was going to be the best region, or one of, not the best region, but one of the better regions in the classification. And you know, all four other teams went through. One, uh, Doherty uh, with a bye, and then Bainbridge beat a team with two wins, as I just mentioned. Um, and, you know, they, they hooked up against a not very good region, so they, they put everyone through. Uh, but giving me pause was that game against Iowans from TCC um, and Bainbridge. Are they going to be able to defend the three-point line? Can can Detavia Salter and Carolyn Brown, can they get out there and cover the shooters of Northwest Whitfield when they space the floor, when Emma Allen gets the ball and attacks off the dribble? I don't know. I think it could be tough. And this game is, again, in Tunnel Hill. That is going to be a frenzied environment. I think Northwest Whitfield is going to be able to score better than Bainbridge does. And I think Bainbridge, if they're not able to establish Datavia Salter inside, who has had a good year, but she hasn't been like a dominating presence. She's not averaging 14 to 16 to 18, 20 points per game. Many a time I have seen her at the six and eight point mark. They need to plant that flag inside and Go to the big girl inside who has good offensive game going to Mercer. Establish her inside. Let her dominate down low. But if Bainbridge is not able to do that, I think Northwest Whitfield wins this game. And I am sticking with my pick of Northwest Whitfield to advance to the Elite Eight. Next up, we saw Cedar Shoals, a game I picked wrong, lost, a disappointing loss to Stevenson, 45-40. Stevenson now 13-10 on the season, and they will play Baldwin, who won 69-30 over Shaw. Um, I think Baldwin uh, should win this game. Uh, Kelly Finkley is a very good scorer for Stevenson, but... Uh, running into Janae Walker and Cassie Neal and all those big bodies inside that alter shots. And then Baldwin can uh, counter with Madison Ruff is a super athletic quick guard that loves to get downhill. And then Tamia Smith shoots the ball uh, pretty well. Uh, I think Baldwin just has more weapons, and I think they are going to win this game. But Stevenson, they're play- again, they're playing their best basketball of the season right now, and that's all you can ask for. Um, but I do think Baldwin, again, they have proven – that they are the better team this year, and I think they are going to get the job done. Baldwin advances to the Elite Eight. To the top right-hand side, Hardaway got the job done over West Lawrence, a game I uh, incorrectly picked, but again, uh, not not too surprised about this one. Uh, that was a game that was won by Hardaway, 68-57, to and now they will be tested by Marist, a 47-28 winner against North Oconee. That defense of Marist, Kim Hickson, one of the best coaches in the state that no one really talks about enough uh, just because all her players aren't going high major Division One, and she doesn't have all these megastars. She's getting it done with a lot of multi-sport athletes, and they're just very, very, very good 
And I think they are going to be able to grind Hardaway into a um, into a halt there. They're going to struggle to score against this Maris team. Now, if Hardaway can get out and run and use your length and get Shelton in transition, the big girl, she's able to block shots and score on putbacks. Yes, they can win this game. But Marist, um, very rarely does Marist have wit downs, and I don't think Marist is going to let us down in this game. I think Marist defeats Hardaway and moves to the Elite Eight. Next up, Heritage Katusa, 44-39, overtime winner over Fayette County. Uh, again, I kind of thought this could potentially be a, a, a fairly close game, but I thought Fayette County could pull it out again at home. But no, Heritage Katusa. Uh, really showcasing Region 5, having a, a tough year outside of Luella. Now Heritage Katusa plays Monroe, a 53-32 winner over New Hampstead. Again, I'm still cautious with South Georgia basketball, uh, but I do think I'm going to stick with Monroe here. Um, again, they've seen good teams, Bainbridge, Thomas County Central, Westover, so on and so forth, Doherty. Uh, I think they win this game, and plus... You know they are the four seed though, so they're they're going to Heritage. That that is a going to be an interesting environment. I know Heritage can pack a lot of people in there. I went to a game a couple years back, uh, but I do think Monroe has been the better team this year. But uh, like I said, I'm a little shaky, a little iffy on Region One, but I'm going to stick with Monroe here. Bottom right hand side, Troop. Taking care of business, 69-47 over Spalding. Now they play Jefferson, a 57-35 winner over Mays. I think Jefferson's press and just how they dissect teams, I think it's going to be too much for Troop, especially if Anaya Palmer is still out. Alexia Murphy is a, a bulldog competitor. Double-double machine does a lot, and Angie Dodell is really a risen to the occasion her sophomore season. But Jefferson's too polished. Ellie Kinlaw shoots a 3-2 well. Natalia Bolden, it's just going to be a nightmare matchup. And then Deshauna Gaither um, can match anything Troop has as far as quickness. She's probably going to be the most athletic player on the floor and really can dictate the tempo with her defensive pressure. I think Jefferson wins this game, especially with the home court advantage on their side. I like the Dragons to make it to the Elite Eight. Bottom right hand side, the final game of Class 4A. Pickens, a 83-44 winner over Riverdale versus Doherty, who had a bye. Keep saying this, Region 1, I'm not too sure, but I did see Doherty in person. Jacqueline Buchanan is a big body that is a quality player. Jatiana Chambers is a seriously very good, skilled point guard. And they have uh, Kaylin Thompson, I believe her name is, is a really good defender, a uh, great energy player with terrific athleticism. Uh, Pickens, if they're able to space the floor and knock down the three, Caroline Mullins, a very good player. Uh, Bella Howell has had a really good year. Amanda Nelson, I believe, is another name that plays some huge minutes for Coach Thomas. Um, this game's going to be in Doherty. That's going to be a really tough environment. Uh, Pickens uh, has played in some tough environments before. Uh, I think during their uh, postseason run last year, let me see if I could pull that up. Did they hit the road a few times? Pickens... Uh, they were at home, they were at home, and they went to Cairo where they fell by two points. So they've seen some crazy environments before. Um, but I'm going with Doherty here, but really uh, not surprised at all if Pickens wins this game. But just the home court, and I, do, I have seen Doherty. I do think they are a fairly solid team. I do think Chambers is the real deal as a freshman point guard. 
Um, I give them the slight advantage over Pickens. Um, but again, not surprised at all if the Dragonettes win this game and move on to the Elite Eight for a second straight year. We now find ourselves in Class 3A, 14 out of the 16 first-round games correctly predicted. Top left-hand side, Liberty County, a 47-32 winner over Long County. They will see Westminster, 52-32 over Dawson County. Westminster should win this game, I would assume. Courtney Ogden's too strong. Stella Chartrand, too strong. Liberty County um, coming out of a weak region. Westminster... Uh, the opposite of that, Westminster should win this game fairly easy, especially making Liberty County come on the road a long drive. Um, Westminster should handle their business and do so in an impressive fashion. Next, Oconee County, a 44-28 winner over Sonoraville. They play Sumter County, 45-24 over Morgan County. Uh, I picked Sumter County originally to win this game. I think I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I believe it's Trinity Jackson inside is a big post presence that could be difficult for Oconee County to deal with. And then they do have veteran guards outside uh, surrounding Trinity. So I think Sumter County, again, going to be a ruckus environment down there. I like Sumter County to make it to the Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand side. 36-35, Tattnall County, a game that I was at. They survived Beach with a basket by Macy Ansel with about eight seconds to go. They now see Lumpkin County in 84-51 winner over Redan. Um, I think Lumpkin County, I mean, it's a good run for Tattnall. They, they got that win, um, but I think they are going to be in a world of hurt against Lumpkin County, a team that proved that they can play fast, they can play they can play any single style. Um, Avery Jones with 26 points, Lexi Pierce with 25, Mary Molnax 18, Kate Jackson with 15. I mean, two players alone, pick any two of those players combined, they scored more points um, than what Tattnall County put up. I feel like I'm not a great mathematician, but I'm pretty sure they outscored Tattnall County or equaled them, any two of those players. Uh, Lumpkin County is just going to be way too strong. Tattnall County, they are uh, aggressive in the in the, uh, the full-court press. They can kind of get after you a little bit and force some turnovers. They exploited Beach's lack of uh, true guard play a few times. And Macy Ansel is a good competitor inside. Uh, but Lumpkin County, this is, uh, this is a game that I think they'll win by about – I don't like putting numbers on it because it can hurt feelings sometimes. But Lumpkin County, they're they're comfortably uh, a 30-point-plus favorite in this game, and I think they're just going to be able to shoot the lights out and handle any pressure uh, that Coach Freeman uh, puts out there. And I I like Lumpkin County to win this one very, very, very big. Um, But Tattnall County, uh, a sweet 16 trip is uh, nothing to hang your hat about. You're just running into the best team in the state in the second round. Next up, Murray County, 46-43 over Franklin County. They play Cross Creek, 69-34 over Mary Persons. Cross Creek um, with their size and side with Wilbon. I think Aaron Martin's still out there shooting the threes at about 5'11". Michaela Bogans is just going to orchestrate this offense and going to really test Murray County's defense. Uh, I think Murray County could 
stick around for a little bit if Ella Dotson is knocking down shots. And Maddie Knuckles has to have a monster, monster, monster game. Um, but I think Cross Creek at home, just too good. I think Cross Creek will race past Murray County. Top right-hand side of the game, we got wrong. Peach County uh, got bumped by Thompson, 49-28. to And now they see LFO, a, uh, a winner over Hart County, 56 56- Ooh, pardon me, 56 to 45 as I take a sip of water. Um, the Collins sisters did damage uh, Christina Collins, 23 points. Kristen Collins, 17 points. Um, just that, that quickness and speed and that the pressure. They shoot, shoot a lot of threes when they need to. Uh, I think LFO should win this game against Thompson. And I think they should advance on to the Elite Eight. Next up, GAC beat White County 61-42. Johnson 68-28 over Brantley County. It feels like GAC and Johnson always meet up in the state playoffs no matter what. And I think GAC should win this game pretty easily. Uh, Johnson with only, what, six or seven girls. It's um, Amani Hamilton and Kalia Hankerson, and that's all they have. And, uh, you know, it's just you know, Savannah girls basketball. It's uh, it's it's really take, taking a dip this year. And I'm curious to see what it looks like next year when some of the best players in the area are graduating. Hopefully there is a good young crop uh, that that steps up and keeps this proud tradition of good girls basketball in Savannah alive. But I think Johnson, they get taken down by GAC. Kaylee Addy and company, too much good guard play. Johnson's strength lies at the forward wing position. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep pace with GAC. Bottom right-hand side, Central making a 55-40 winner over Burke County. They play Ringgold, went down to the wire, a game I picked incorrectly, but said it could go down to the final buzzer, which it did. Ringgold 45-43 over East Jackson, the number one seed out of Region 8. And if you listen to our podcast, I said, eh, Region 8, I'm not 100% sure just how strong this region is. And we see Region 8 just put Oconee County into the next round. Rachel Lopez, very good little player, only about 5'3 or so, but a crafty little point guard. Sees the floor very well, had 16 points. Bailey Pitts, 14 points and 8 rebounds. They're a plucky little group. They are very well coached. They get after you. But I think Central Macon, um, they do have uh, some length. Uh, Tania Pryor is a, a tough cookie. Um, Talia Greer is a good guard. I, I think Central Macon will be able to win this one. But I do think Ringgold will definitely have a good opportunity as a four seed. But I just think Central Macon is going to be a little too long a little too talented, and that is a little far of a trip from North Georgia all the way to Middle Georgia. So I think Central Macon pulls it out, but I think Ringgold, they're definitely going to have a very good opportunity to win this game, but I do trust the Lady Chargers at home. And lastly, last two matchups, we have uh, East Forsyth, I guess last matchup. East Forsyth took care of business against Cedar Grove 48-22. They play Pierce County 57-23 winner over Savannah. And if you're scoring at home, Region 5, it's just GAC and Westminster that gets out of there. 
um, Cedar Grove and Redan handled uh, easily. And again, after watching Tattnall County, I do think Pierce County is better as far as what I saw their results go. But Pierce County, losing twice to Tattnall County, what I saw from Tattnall County, um, I might be switching my pick. I had Pierce County going to the final four. I think Natalie Heron is definitely the real deal for sure. I've seen it with my own two eyes. She is what makes Pierce County different than other teams in that region. But I am a little worried. I think East Forsyth is very well coached. Allison Hadima is going to be a, a bulldozer attacking. They're going to get to the rim. They're going to take foul shots. Ella Holbrook can knock down a couple outside shots. If they get some scoring outside of them, Adeline Rosebush inside. I'm a little worried with Pierce County now. I picked them, like I said, to go to the Final Four. But uh, North Georgia basketball... South Georgia basketball on the girls' side in these smaller classifications. I think North Georgia basketball is better. I think I think I might be switching my pick and going with East Forsyth. Um, you know, rela, rela, what is it? Uh, recency bias. Um, that is a real thing, and that could be an issue. Um, uh, I'm very, I'm very torn about this one because East Forsyth has seen a team with a great guard in Raquela Johnson. Pierce County has a great guard in Natalie Heron. Uh, I think East Forsyth, I think I'm going to get on the bandwagon. I think I'm going to depart from the Blackshear Pierce County Bears bandwagon. And I think I'm going to get on the East Forsyth train. I'm picking East Forsyth to switch up and beat my final four pick and beat Pierce County. Tough to pick against Natalie Heron, the three-time region player of the year. But I just think I just trust that North Georgia style of ball uh, more often than I do with the South Georgia from my trip down there. I think it's it's kind of changed my view on things. I think East Forsyth might be the better team than Pierce County. Up next, it is Class 2A, 14 out of 16 games, correctly predicted. Top left-hand side. Dodge County went to overtime against the three seed out of Region 1, Fitzgerald, 62-59. to That was very surprising, very surprising. They now play Callaway, a 66-35 winner over Gordon Central. Very not surprising. Uh, I picked Dodge to win this game, but now that I really kind of think about it, um, Dodge's best player is Lyric Green inside. What does Callaway have? They have a ton of size inside that could, could could theoretically negate a dominant post presence when Callaway can throw about 6'2 and 6'1 and 6'1 of their own out there. This could be a very tough matchup for Dodge County. Now I'm going to stick with them just because, um, you know, they... They played in a, theoretically, of what it looks like, a, a very tough region, and they've done really well. But that first-round game wasn't too hot, and it, they are uh, going on the road. And like I mentioned, uh, Lacey Thomas is big. Cameron Sargell is big. Jasmine Thornton is super long. That could cause some issues. I'm very interested in this game. I'm going to stick with Dodge, but Callaway could have the upper hand here. Um, but I'm going to go with Dodge County. Next, 
Ellerbert County, a 56-33 winner over South Atlanta. Swainsboro, 62-36 over Butler. Ellerbert County didn't uh, blow the doors off of South Atlanta like I would have thought, and now they're playing a much better team, Swainsboro, on the road in Swainsboro. I think there are a lot of very interesting matchups in Class 2A on the girls' side. And again, it's just because I don't know how you can't love this classification because these schools are from all over the place. Middle Georgia playing South Georgia, South playing North, East versus West. It's just you're so spread out. And the style of basketball is so different, and it leads to great matchups. With that being said, I thought Elbert County was the best team in the classification all season long. I know they got beat by Raven County twice, um, but Elbert County, I'm trusting in the resume. This team is very good. Swainsboro has not seen a team like Elbert County. I don't know if Elbert County is going to blow them out of the water or even win by double digits. I think, um, you know, who knows? It could be a close game, but I am not picking against Coach Jones in Elbert County. This is a special team, a very good team. I think they're going to continue to to carry the banner for Region 8. Region 8, who swept Region 6, a region I said was bad, but I thought at least Columbia could win, but we'll talk about that a little later. I got Elbert County getting past Swainsboro, Anaya Allen just being too good, too, too good, and Bernasia Faust, I think she's going to be a key piece in this state tournament run with her size, shot blocking, and rebounding. Bottom left-hand side, Waco, Washington County, 78-27 over Early County. Had no problem going on the road there. They will be Road Warriors again as they go to Fanning County, a 66-34 winner over Temple. Again, very interesting matchup. Fannin hasn't really seen a lot of good competition for months now, it feels like. Waco, um, Again, if, if that Region 3 is as good as we think it is or thought it is, and which it kind of proved in the first round, Region 3 swept Region 1. Region 1 not being a, a terrific region, but still they did sweep. Um, who is going to guard Ashley Gray? And then the Parker sisters are very tough. DeAsia Canty is a, just a physical piece out there at about, I don't know, 5'8", whatever, thrower out there, can play wing, can play forward, can play all over the place, a tough nose rebound that gets after you defensively. I want to see that matchup of her versus maybe a Reagan-York of uh, Fannin County, two players, not necessarily their superstar players, but glue guys that do so much, uh, so many important things as far as uh, what I mentioned before with the rebound defense, this, that, and the other. Uh, Becca Ledford and Courtney Davis, if they want to win this game, they have to win that backcourt battle against the Parkers, um, which I do think is quite doable. I know Fannin County is going to have a tremendous support group there. That is going to be uh, something Waco has not seen. That's just going to be a, a, a wild environment. It's just different once you get up to North Georgia when it means even that much more, and the entire city is going to be there. I think Waco wins this one, but Fannin County, as we have seen through last year's state playoff run, and I mean, you know, not not yet because they haven't been, you know, an underdog, but when you doubt Fannin County, that's when they come to play and they play their best basketball. So they are definitely going to be in this one, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Waco. I just feel like they've seen better teams throughout the year, and maybe that will translate to a tough, tough road win. Next up, Banks County with the W over Pace Academy, the three seed blowing out uh, the two seed Banks won 44 to 26. And again, 
as I mentioned on that preview podcast, that's a tough matchup for Region 6. The 3 and 4 seed of Region 8 have legitimate D1 slash D2 um, dominant post presences, and they, they, you know, they had nothing they could do to stop Cameron Greer and company in that game. Cameron Greer with 20 points in the win. Well, let's see. BC, they tweeted out 18 points. Addison Horde with 11, and Carly Seegers with 7. Too strong. They take care of business. But now they see Josie, who won 72-20 to 20 against Jeff Davis. Now this is where I think Banks County a little shaky on the guard play outside of Addison Horde as far as handling pressure. Josie's going to attack with their defense. They're going to use their length when they use their athleticism get after you. They're very tough. Keyshawna Brown is just going to be a, a mismatch. Ariana Booker, Aquias Cody, you know, all these girls. Josie's still a really good team, and they're flying a little bit under the radar, which I'm sure – um, they kind of would like to be under the radar. They're trying to go for a repeat as a state title uh, champion, um, but they are flying under the radar just a little bit, and I know that's something that they can't be too mad about. Um, probably would rather be under the radar than have that pressure on them as a dead lock to win another state title. Um, so they're very sneaky good right now, and I think they're going to be able to um, take care of Banks, and Banks going into a, a, a tough environment. Josie, uh, uh, a tough place to play at. I think Josie wins this game. Top right-hand side, Vidalia defeated by Laney as a 40-piece was delivered. Uh, if I can pull it up, I believe it was Kiara Turner put up 40 points in uh, a win for Laney, 75-61 over Vidalia. Um, Vidalia, actually where I uh, spent the night, Last night in the uh, hotel, they need to get some more fast food joints. Can't be closing everything at 10 o'clock. Drove me crazy. Um, but anyway, yes, a 40-point performance for Kiara Turner in that win. Uh, now they see uh, Union County, uh, who got that upset win over Columbia, 54-49. And again, uh, too big, too strong inside. I think um, Ava Hunter had about 25, 27 points. They're going to have a chance against Laney. Again, Laney is not going to have anyone that can slow uh, Ava Hunter down. I know they have a couple big girls, but they're nowhere near as talented as Ava Hunter is. And she is going to punish them inside, and she is going to score a lot. Uh, Had 27 points in that win and uh, is now the all-time, let's see here, all-time leading scorer in uh, school history at uh, Union County with over, what, 1,600 points, 1,602 in her career. But again, where Laney's going to have the advantage, the athleticism, the quickness on the wing, on the perimeter, if they press, will Union County be able to handle that helter-skelter pace? If they can play this game in a half-court setting, Union County definitely has a chance because Laney can't stop Ava Hunter. But I think Laney, they're just going to be able to play fast enough to be able to exploit some weaknesses in the Union County offense and defense. And I think Laney moves on to the Elite Eight. Next up, Heard County, 41-35 over model. They play Northeast Macon, 78-30 over Berrien. Um, you're going to need to have a big game from Jaden Boykin and Jasmine Owens in this one for Heard County to win. But I think Northeast making with Jakia Little, just that electric shiftiness, Eurostep, bop, 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 get to the basket, grab rebounds, catch and go. Uh, she's got Richardson helping out as well. I think Northeast making at home, they're just going to be too electric, especially in transition for Heard County to stop.
Bottom right-hand side, Woodville Tompkins, 65-64 over Oglethorpe. Now they travel to Rabin County, 63-32 over Lovett. Um, Brianna Pelote is going to be an issue inside. Um, but the one good thing Raven can say is, again, they've played the two best post presences in Class 2A, and they have beat them. They have beaten Ava Hunter. They have beaten Cameron Greer. They have beaten those teams. Brianna Pelote is very good, and she, I think she might have a chance to be a Division One player by the time she's a senior. But she can't be that much better than what you saw with Greer and with Hunter. Now, I will say she's going to most likely be a better shot blocker. Um, and I think they're going to have to do a good job of keeping Hayward off the offensive glass when she crashes in. Um, but Rabin County, I think they're more polished at the guard position. If they can turn over Woodville Tompkins, handle that size inside, I think they should be okay. Carly Haben, I know Gracie Dietz had a very good first-round matchup game against Lovett. I believe she had 20 points, 9 rebounds. Emmanuel College signee. Um, I think Rabin should be okay. It's a long trip for Woodville. But again, it's just when you see these teams, it's going to be a very different team, a very different team from a very different area. You have to get used to that style of play. But if Raven can dictate the tempo and play at how they want to play their speed and use Lucy Hood, just more skilled at the guard position, and Carly Haven, that they can do what they need to do and even get some production from Sophie Woodard, Raven County should be okay. But they have to be prepared to stop Pelot inside and keep Hayward off the glass. Bottom right-hand side now, the final matchup. We saw Chattooga 60-37 over Harrelson County. Now they see Lamar County, the four seed, over number one, Thomasville out of Region 1, 66-56. I picked Thomasville to win. I said Lamar County has let me down in the postseason before. Um, they got the job done, and I think they're in a good spot. Now, I can't foresee them losing to Chattooga. I have seen Chattooga play this year. Um as I mentioned, Micaiah Parrish is a, a big-time scorer, but Lamar County, they have more weapons. They're deeper. I think Lamar County is going to get the job done, and I think Lamar County is going to advance to the Elite Eight as a four-seed riding. Blasting game, Foster, Fletcher, a lot of pieces over there. I think Lamar County starts to get rid of all those demons, exercise those demons, and make it to the Elite Eight. Now into the 1A's Class A private, uh, pretty much chalk if you listen to this podcast, a perfect 16 out of 16 on games predicted. No surprises here, or at least from my point of view. Uh, We saw Calvary Day thump Tattnall Square 69-44, still without Michaela Prima, who is out for the season, it sounds like. Uh, Hannah Kale doing doing all the work for this team carrying them on, but now they see Holy Innocence who won 94-14 against Walker. Holy Innocence, they're just going to be way too powerful. Uh, Calvary Day, just just not enough to play this machine. Holy Innocence, again, um, probably a game that they'll be favored by about mm, 40 points, 30 to 40 points in this one. Uh, Holy Innocence uh, will win this game. Next up, uh, the three-seed Lakeview Academy beat Prince Avenue 48-44. Now they see Landmark Christian, who I guess got a forfeit win over St. Ampicelli. They just didn't want to play basketball anymore. I don't know. I don't understand what happens with some of these schools, but Landmark essentially gets a bye. And I think Landmark should win this game against Lakeview. I know Joel Snyder's a, a, a big-time scorer, but Gabby Grooms 
is going to be a handful to stop. And Landmark has seen some very good competition throughout the season. Uh, pretty much all of that coming in non-region play. Didn't get too many wins against these talented teams, but they know what it takes. They know what they have to see talent-wise as far as preparing for the state tournament. They have done that, and I think they should be okay against Lakeview. Bottom left-hand side, we had Deerfield-Windsor 67-23 over St. Vincent's. Now they see Mount Perrin, who I was surprised with this score, 66-37 over Wesleyan, pounded a top-10-ranked Wesleyan team. Um, so that tells me Mount Perrin is going to pound Deerfield-Windsor. I know they have some size inside with Margaret Sadler, Joy Hubbard on the perimeter, uh, but they have not seen a Kara Dunn. They have not seen Jessica Fields, Caitlin Dunning. It goes on and on and on. Even Kaylin Kirkland, a good player, Sham Jennings, Mount Perrin handles their business by double digits. Next up, Fellowship Christian coming off a 44-35 win over George Walton Academy. They travel to Trinity Christian, 64-19 over Paideia. Uh, I think Trinity Christian wins this game. Fellowship's going to have the one player in Kate Harden. They have to stop. Trinity Christian has more options. Kansas big girl, um, Sophia Telegdi. Uh, obviously inside is very skilled as both a scorer and a passer. Madison Morgan is a very good shooter, and they have more pieces uh, to throw out there, and Coach Daniels does a very good job. So Trinity Christian should be too strong for fellowship in this one. Top right-hand side, Brooks Stone pulled out a 53-51 decision over Green Forest, getting a big game out of Taylor Williams, as always. And they play St. Francis 57-34 against Athens Academy, who competed quite well. Uh, St. Francis, even without... Uh, Erica Moon available. I think they're going to be too strong. Brookstone, it's just one player. Taylor Williams, who's a very good player that should be on plenty of Division One and probably more so Division Two. but low D1 should definitely know about her, and D2 should be hoping that she falls to that level. Should be on the junior there, but it's just one player. I think St. Francis is just going to have way too much, and they're going to be able to keep the ball out of her hands. If they want to do that, I think they'll be able to, and they're going to force other people to make plays, and I don't think Brookstone's going to have enough playmakers. Next up, Hebron, a 69-34 winner over Darlington. They play Savannah Country Day 35-22 over FPD. Hebron should win this game. They're going to be too good, too big. They're going to negate what Abby Nicholson can do as their best player, their post presence inside. Uh, Jesse Parrish is just going to be too strong. Nakia Daniel, all these girls, um, they're going to be too strong in this one. Hebron should win this one. Pretty easily, even though they're going down to Savannah, they can stop by and check up on a ghost tour. Hebron takes care of business on a business trip that may turn into a trip of both business and even some pleasure and some fun on River Street. Bottom right-hand side, Heritage 40-35 to got the win over Elka. Now they see Tallulah Falls, a winner 55-34 over Mount Pisgah. This could be a fairly close game. I think this could be a really good game. I'm going to go with Tallulah Falls just because I know they have the guard play in Charlton and also Lightborn, um, both from the Bahamas. I think they're just going to be too tough to stop, and they're going to lead them past a uh, uh, Haley Spence, Michaela Miko, I think they're going to be able to get the job done up in North Georgia with home court advantage. And lastly, Galloway, 63-42 over a plucky North Cobb Christian team. That could be a dark horse to give some teams trouble. They handled their business, and now they see Stratford, a 47-25 winner over Aquinas. Galloway, they have more talent than Stratford. Ta- um, Stratford, a very well-coached team and a very balanced team, but Tiana Thompson, 
Kyla Kane, Jasmine Baxter. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Allison Hoffman. Uh, I don't have to name every single player on their roster, but they're just going to be too strong, and I think they handle their business uh, with relative ease. Could be close in the first half, but I think Galway um, gets out, gets out running, and really starts to take over the game when it matters most. I said it would be less than four hours, and thank goodness I was able to hold up my end of the bargain as we are on Class A public 14 out of 16 correctly predicted games right off the jump. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Pelham 54-20 over Claxton. Very, very impressive result right there by Pelham. Um, Could potentially shift the way I think about things, but still not quite sure because, uh, what, Region 1 went 2-2, and so still trying to figure things out, especially in A-Public. It's difficult because a lot of these teams all beat each other. But Pelham, a big win. Now they play Schley County, 62-20 winner over Warren County. Um, I picked Schley to win this one, um, but Pelham is obviously coming in with a ton of momentum. Uh, It's going to be tough. It's on the road again, but that didn't seem to phase them against Claxton. Pelham... Could be the favorite here, but I'm going to stick with Schley County. Um, We'll see what happens, see if Schley's talented guard play can get the job done against a Pelham team that is very well balanced. Next up, Commerce 49-34 over over Armucci. They play Clinch County, that one seed. It kind of got hot at the end of the season. They have a good record at 16-13, but 49-43 against a 9-16 Wilcox County team. Didn't necessarily look great. I don't know if Commerce can beat them. Commerce, uh, again, they dealt with some injuries this year, but they have a little bit of physicality around the rim. I'm going to go with Clinch County, Clinch on the, uh, at home, Commerce on the road. I think Clinch wins this one, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see if this Clinch win this one by double digits, win it handily, or is this going to be a really close game? Could be interesting. Bottom left-hand side, Bryan County, 57-42 over Terrell County. Now they see Hancock, a 59-33 winner over Chattahoochee County. Uh, The knock on Hancock has just been that region is not good. And that not good region, um, of course, only sent one team into the uh, Sweet 16. No surprise there. Um, So Hancock's going to be tough. Um, Jalexia Hargrove inside is going to be an issue for Coach Mincy slowing down. But I'm going to go with... Bryan County, my original pick. I believe in Kenzie Stucker and friends. I think they get the job done, but I think Hancock, this is a big-time statement game for them. This is a big-time statement game in Sparta. I know they're going to be prepared. I'm going with Bryan, but I think Hancock, they have an opportunity to knock off Bryan County and really cement themselves as one of the top teams in the state of Georgia in Class A public, finally. And when I say finally, that means when it matters most. Next up, Tryon, 55-42 over Social Circle. They get Montgomery County, 63-26 winners over Brooks County. Montgomery County, I'm sticking with them, Tryon. Uh, other than uh, Isaiah McCutcheons is a, a quick little guard. I like her, a sophomore, going to be a very good player. Um, I just don't know if they have the overall team quickness and athleticism to stop the Bell Sisters, multi-sport standouts that just do everything on the floor. Uh, for Montgomery County so I like them to win and again try on that is going to be a long bus ride because trust me I just drove through Montgomery County today 
And, uh, yeah, it's pretty far out there. That's going to be tough. Montgomery County Eagles win. Top right-hand side, Dublin got the dub, 57-53 over Turner County. Um, A game that I thought could be pretty close, but I like Dublin for the reasons of having some, uh, you know, Wilburn, Teriana Wilburn inside blocking shots. I thought that could potentially make a difference, and I I guess it it must have because Dublin secured the victory, a nice win for the Fighting Irish. Now they see Mount Zion Carrollton. 63-43 over Towns County. I'm going to go with Mount Zion. Mount Zion has home court advantage. Um, Jordan Kierbo, I'm telling you, they just have to ride Jordan Kierbo. She has to be the best player on the floor for this Mount Zion team if they want to make a deep run in the state tournament. She's got to do it. And if Zoe Holland is still out there, if she's healthy knocking down threes, they'll have an opportunity. Um, Coach Wright's going to have a quality game plan, I'm sure. Uh, they're just going to have to deal with a, a different style of basketball. But I'm going to go at Mount Zion at home. I think they get the job done. Next up, we saw Taylor County, 45-39, a winner over Wilkinson County. A little a little too close. A little too close coming out of Region 5 against Region 7. A 10-12 and 12 team heading into the tournament in Wilkinson. They see Screven County, who had no issues with Randolph Clay, Winning 60-32. to 32. I like Screven in this one. Obviously, they played much better in the first round than Taylor County did. They have them at home. Screven, a team that has you know a lot of cohesion. A lot of those girls were back from last year's team, and um, they have risen to the occasion this year. So I like the Gamecocks to advance to the Elite Eight. Now to the bottom right-hand side. I picked Telfair County to win, but they were upended by Charlton, 60-46. to 46. Now the Maidens will see... Lake Oconee Academy, 66-37 over Gordon Lee. I'm going to stick with LOA here. Um, They have the home court advantage. They don't have a ton of size, but they do have quality guard play. Um, Ed Wilson is a former college coach. He has great experience. He's going to put his team in a good position to succeed. I think it's going to be challenging, but I think LOA can uh, get over the hump, and I think they will win this game. And lastly... Central Talbotton, 58-45, blow away ace. They now see Seminole County, 47-39, Brandon Ingram's team. Moving on to the Sweet 16, I'm going to go with Seminole County here. That is a team I predicted uh, in the first podcast. They're playing very good basketball right now. They are quite hot, and I think they will stay hot against Central Talbotton. So that is it. That is your Sweet 16 podcast preview. Check on sandyspiel.com. At KyleSandy355 on Twitter, we'll have a March 20th Sandy Spill Spring Showcase event. For more information on that, visit SandySpill.com or KyleSandy355 on Twitter. Until next time, I will see you in the gym, Elite 8 Preview, next on tap.